Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, and it is Jessica Jones week. We just had the premiere last week, which was amazing. A purple carpet instead of a red carpet. Plus, Marvel's Jessica Jones season two is now streaming on Netflix. I loved season one. It was amazing. All sort of thrilling, noir, 13 episodes. I was sort of sitting at the edge of my seat. I think I binge almost the entire season in like two sittings. But with all of that, uh, I was very excited because I had Kristen Ritter by The Office to talk to her about the aesthetic of sort of this element of a woman at the helm of an amazing TV show like this in this era of time for us as women in film and TV. Plus, we talked about her clothing on the show, the leather jacket jacket, the jeans. And, you know, while she was sitting there, because it was a snowstorm outside, she was actually wearing a ton of shoes. Also, we had Melissa Rosenberg by later that afternoon. The showrunner, who is at the helm of this amazing series full of amazing women. So with no further ado, here's Kristen. Hi, everyone. Judy Stevens here, and I have Christian Ritter joining the Woman of Marvel. Thank you for having me. We're going on three or four years of you being Jessica. Yeah. Of this experience being in the Marvel Universe and this world. It's so crazy, I have to say. Like, it's been really um, uh, life-changing in terms of my career, but also so many new people are in my life. I have so many new friends. It's really changed a lot, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, I, I don't hear about a lot of people making new, like, best friends in their 30s. It's just kind of like you make them a little younger. And now, like, I'm so close with my castmates and Mike Coulter and Charlie Cox. It's just like being brought into this big universe also brings all of those people into your personal life. So it's the best. You know, it's not every day that you have an acting part that um, challenges you in all of these ways and it also enriches your personal life. It's, it's kind of the best. You guys are a team yeah. on screen and off screen. Yeah. You guys like are always interacting with each other on social media, which I think is yeah. hilarious. And it's in amazing. real life. Like I talked to my culture yesterday. I talked to Charlie yesterday. I spent the day with Rachel. You know, like it, we're, I'm really close with, with everybody. And that's awesome. I, we all have each other's back in a real way. I remember when you guys all sort of first met as a team at New York Comic Con. I think that was like two years ago. And yeah. you guys walked on stage and literally everyone just stood up. And it like, was crazy. And swore a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. People were really excited to see us together. And I think, you know, there's a relatability between all of us because we all have our own shows and then we all come together and, and we work for the same people. We have the same crew. And usually, you know, acting is a very isolating job. You're by yourself. It's not like you have a lot of people to relate to your exact experience. And I think that's why we all, like, grab onto each other so much. It's rare. I loved watching you guys on set for Defenders, but Jessica Jones is so different filming yeah. because you it's you on yeah. screen, like, 90% of the time. How do you um, go from, like, the two worlds? Well, it, because it is the same crew, like, I get to, like, maintain, like, how I am as myself. On the Defenders, we barely could get work done because we're all like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they're like, rolling. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah hold on. <laughs> um, and so we have a lot of fun, and there's more downtime. And then with Jessica Jones, my butt never touches a chair. There's like, It's like a running joke that as soon as I go to sit down, they're like, they're ready for you. All right, here we go. And people are like handing me sandwiches as I'm walking from place to place and just kind of like in it, working, cool, doing a million things. So it's, it's a different level of, um, of immersion. But, you know, it's kind of my favorite thing to do. So obviously, like, the two worlds are different. Does it also help you get better into being Jessica on set when it's a little bit more in-depth? It's 
dark, it's personal, yeah. asked Jessica. Sure. So the more you do something, the better you get at it. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So the, the amount of time that I spend on set um, only benefits me um, in terms of my acting, my work, learning all aspects of filmmaking and television making and the production of it. Uh, the crew is all really generous with me. I'm always like, oh, what lenses are we using and why? And they'll explain to me. They let me pull focus sometimes. So just being on set that much allows me to just like just get better. I look at it like my my dream role as an actress and also my like film school boot camp. Do you have any interest in doing oh, uh, more yeah. behind the camera? Do you want to be a producer or yeah, a director? Well, I, I, I'm a producer outside of the show. Um, I have a production company. I have a show that, uh, I have a pilot I just shot at Pop TV. I'm really interested in character development and, and I love um, the collaborative creative process, working with writers. I write as well. And for me, it kind of feels like all the same job. And the, the benefit of, of working on something like Jessica Jones that is so um, all-encompassing is all of the information that I get. I'm like a sponge. I'm always like keeping my eye on learning as much as I possibly can every day. And in this climate, in this moment for women, especially in like film and TV, we need more women directors and producers sure. and behind the scenes. Like, are you just doing it to do it? Do you feel that, that the impact that you have in front of camera and off camera is, is essential and important? Honestly, like the way that I approach my work and my life is pretty like tunnel visioned. I kind of just like look at what I'm doing. For example, when I'm acting in a show, I never even, never even occurs to me that other people will see it. Like I remember the first time someone's like, hey, Kristen, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> how do you know me? <laughs> All right, I'm on TV. I just look at it like what, like it's about my passion and things that I'm interested in and exploring that. You know, when I first created The Women of Marvel and helped with Sana Anaman, one of the things I really wanted to do was talk about female stories. And I don't think we realized that we needed Jessica until totally. Jessica was on the screen. I feel the same way. When Jessica came out and was so well-received and people were so excited about her, men and women, for all of their different reasons, I think that that was like kind of proof that there had been a void for a character like this. People really respond to how complicated she is, how messy she is, how imperfect she is, because we are imperfect. And it's exciting when you can feel represented on screen or feel like inspired to put one foot in front of the other because of this cool character. I also love that she, that I love the way she dresses and looks and is so anti-glamour. That is an image that is important to me, but also something that I find exciting. There is literally no emphasis at all on her clothes, on her hair, on her face. That's rare. That means a lot to me to, to put that character out into the world. And it's really important because, you know, so much of what we as women have to do is we have to worry about our hair and our yeah. makeup and like the shoes we're wearing. Sure, and negotiate what version of yourself walks into what meeting, walks into what bar, you know? And so that's something that takes up a lot of time. And that's all time that you get back if you don't care about it. So she becomes a hero in that way. I think so. Because of the fact that she doesn't care. Yeah. And that's so, so important for women. Yeah. That we shouldn't have to care yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I got sneakers on right now. I mean, it was snowing, <laughs> so. <laughs> and also, they're comfortable. I mean, but yeah, we, sh we should be comfortable while still yeah. being who we are. Totally. And I think that Jessica does that well, and I'm, I'm hoping that fans at home are loving that. Like, what can you sort of tease for season two? What are we looking for, Jessica? So season two, I think we're looking back even further um, at some dark corners for Jessica in an attempt and effort to finally move forward. We're going even deeper. I wanted to know myself, when did Jessica become so dark? When did all of the color leave her? Why is she like this? Because we know so many bad things happened to her even before Kilgrave. So that's really what we're doing in this season is peeling back the layers even more. 
which I love to do. This is a prickly character. And when we get uh, a way in, see her vulnerability and, and see like the pain that she carries around, it just makes you root for her even more. So that's what we're doing in season two. Well, I'm actually really excited to watch it. I loved season one. Thank I love the color and the noir of it all. Yeah, we doubled down on the noir this year, I think. Oh, that's also one of my favorite aspects of the show, the style and the way it's shot. The cinematography is so cool. We, we've never seen a female P.I. She's like Humphrey Bogart. And so, like, that's so cool to play. I love the voiceover and the jazz. It's just like a cool vibe. I'm proud of it, obviously. Well, I'm excited to watch it. So <laughs> one final question before you go. So one of the things we're starting to do on One Marvel is we want to ask people a little advice, a little like tip for young women and men out there who want to do what you're doing. Who want to do what I'm doing. It doesn't happen overnight. I've been working really, really hard for a long time, um, almost 20 years. I've been acting for almost 15 years. You have to stick with it. My acting teacher told me uh, maybe 10 years ago when I was frustrated that something wasn't happening, and she was like, it's all about endurance. If it were easy, more people would be doing it. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Like all of those things are sound cliche, but it's so true. I'm really proud of all of the peaks and the valleys in my career. I've done some great projects. I've also done some terrible projects. And those things you learn from as well. So if you want to do it, you got to train like a ninja. You don't just wake up being a good actor. And, and you really have to work really, really hard. It's half talent, half hard work. Amazing advice. This is Judy Stevens, and I'm very excited to bring to you Melissa Rosenberg, the showrunner of Jessica Jones. Delighted to be here. I didn't get a chance to talk to you after season one, and I remember just being so overwhelmed with all of these feelings and emotions. When you were making Jessica, did you see that this was going to be like a moment in time for women? No, really. We were just telling a story. We were just, you know, pursuing uh, a character's journey. We really didn't uh, walk into it thinking we were uh, with any sort of agenda other than to be true to her character. Yeah, I I think the Netflix spectrum of sort of the ability for her to sort of be a little bit more depth and have a little bit more sort of adult things, you know, possibly drinking or swearing. She's more Jessica that way. You know, being on Netflix, it's really all right to explore her darker nature. She can make some really bad decisions, which she often does, <laughs> and really does not have to be noble all the time or sort of fit into any kind of mold. It's, uh, it's very freeing in that regard. Is it easier for you as a showrunner to sort of do the entire script, film the entire series, and then release it out into the world and sort of as having something that's every other week? I prefer it, particularly in this coming season. We had uh, all 13 scripts written before we even started shooting. So what happened on set was, you know, just polished work for location and dialogue and such. Going into a season with that kind of material, it it just allows you to go deeper and deeper into it. And for those at home who actually don't know what a showrunner does, can you talk a little bit about, like, you know, obviously you're the... one of the first persons on the project and one of the last persons on the project. Like, what's the insanity of this, what, a six-month, eight-month world? Yeah, or two years. Two years, <laughs> okay, wow. Um, in this case, and in most cases, a showrunner is the creator of the show, the voice of the show. It is sort of the equivalent of, in, in features, you know, the director is the auteur, if you will. In television, it's the writer who is the constant. It's the creator who is the voice. So we are really... As a showrunner, you're responsible for every frame of film that ends up on air. For me, that means everything from 
an overall series arc for a character to whether or not uh, there's too much mascara on her eyelashes. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm that detailed and uh, it's an incredible job. It's the best job in the world if you have all the, the talent in place. And I have an incredible team. We're based in New York City and Netflix films over in Brooklyn. I've spent many a day on set over the last three or four years that series has been going on. And I just love being on set and like talking to all the different women from the costume designers to the makeup to seeing who's the grip or who's the gaff or, you know, and it's become a family. A lot of those crews worked together throughout two Defenders, so two full years of their lives. And that's pretty amazing to see. Yeah, and we, for our show, we have, um, we expanded the roles for women behind the camera. And, you know, we had all 13 episodes are directed by women. What that does is it doesn't necessarily change what's on the screen. A, a talented director is a talented director, regardless of gender, and they're not going to shoot it in any sort of way that's just really all about vision. What it does do, though, on the set is it really normalizes parody. You know, there's 50-50 men and women on set in front of or behind the camera. And it just creates this safe environment where nobody feels like an alien, you know. It becomes very normal. And then you walk out onto another set and you realize, oh, I'm the only woman sitting behind the camera. And you begin to feel alien again. And so it just creates a really safe environment for people to do their most creative work, to have gender parity and uh, really diverse crew and cast. And I think it's really important, especially in this climate, in this period of time, that young women growing up who want to work in film and TV can see that there are jobs for them behind the camera. You know, they may not necessarily need to do the sort of, not stereotypical, but typical routes for females in this industry, which might be like a costume designer or makeup artist. They can be the director or they can be the cinematographer. Like that's (laughs) phenomenal. And also about something that means a lot to a lot of young women and men out there, especially like seeing Jessica on screen dealing with these issues that a lot of people out there have had to deal with and haven't really had a voice. Like that must be a lot of pressure maybe? Well, you know, I first had that experience when I was doing Twilight. I had written the the scripts for the Twilight movies and, you know, as we went around and did some publicity and I would find myself talking to young, you know, tween girls and realizing what an impact these movies had on them and just being overwhelmed with the responsibility of that. Like, oh my God, what did I... I, I didn't write those movies with that, or at least the first one, with that in mind. It's like, did I say anything as damaging as I going to? Is it? Did I just, you know, shape this young woman's <laughs> mind that she's going? Oh my god! So as it went on, I became much more aware of the kind of messages you're putting out there. And I think that's something that's easy for writers to forget because we're all, you know, we're holed up in our little rooms and telling our stories. It's a message. It is very. It, you are communicating, and you have to take that step back and really examine what kind of message you're putting out there because it does have impact. It really does. I think what's great about Jessica Jones and just like in general looking at writers is that you don't want to write a female character because she's a female character. You write a character that's great, that's a hero, that doesn't want to be a hero, that just happens to be a woman. We've never approached Jessica Jones as a female character. It's really been a character whose gender informs her story, certainly. I mean, all of our experiences inform our, who we are. Uh, but it's not about a female hero or anti-hero. It's, 
a, a, a woman struggling with a lot of damage and uh, trying to do something good in this world, trying to like redeem her, herself and her own psyche. We talked to Kristen a little bit about Jessica doesn't care what she looks like, right? And I, I think that that's also really important. Like that her look is the jeans and the leather jacket, and maybe sometimes she has a bottle of alcohol in her hand. What drew you to that decision that that was sort of the look, the aesthetic that she would be like always in? You know, that was Ritter all the way. I mean, the only guideline we have from the comic books was, you know, she had this le- a leather jacket, which morphed into the leather jacket it is now. But, you know, that those first weeks in pre-prep for our first season was a lot of, you know, Ritter trying on different options and seeing what made her feel the character more, what she could move in and, and how she would walk, you know, getting the physicality of the character. And you could be a pair of jeans, but it's like, okay, what are, what are, what kind of jeans? They're not going to be skinnies because that's, you know. That's too much effort. Yeah, it doesn't, that's <laughs> trying too hard for her. But, you know, they're going to be something she can move in and kick ass in. And so it was a really interesting process to watch her settle into who this character was. And with our costume designer at that time was Stephanie Meslinski just bringing in things for her to try and slowly narrowing it down. And then going to conventions and seeing these fans wear this outfit. I know, I love that. (laughs) It really is quite amazing. Actually, one of my good friends, Melly, she looks sort of similar to Kristen, so that's her like go-to easy costume because it's, and I think that's what's great about it. It's easy. Uh It's something that you don't need to necessarily make. And now you can step into this role of this character of someone that you've seen on screen yeah it's a lot of fun so like as we roll into season two obviously jessica has gone from season one to the defenders and now she's back and so what are we looking forward for the new dark world that is jessica well season one when we last left jessica she had taken a life and the entire season one is Kilgrave trying to essentially make her into what he wanted her to be, which is a killer, to admit I'm a killer. And uh, he actually even forced her to kill someone. So for throughout season one, she's trying every which way to not have to do what she inevitably does, which is to kill Kilgrave. And you know, certainly it's, it's justified or it's um, necessary. Any of these, you know, you can really explain it away, but at core it is she took a life and it was easy and that's what she's dealing with and really deep questions as to who she is is that who she is at core so she travels through this coming season season two really wrestling with that question of who am i and and that goes down to who am i down to my very dna and you know what made me the way i am and and she's dealing with a lot of anger and fear, just a lot of emotions going, you know, dating back pre-Kilgrave. As someone who has powers, does she also wrestle with the knowledge that she has these powers and, like, what to do with them? Jessica's reluctance to embrace heroism is, is not a reluctance to embrace her own power. And we never wanted to go down that path. We always wanted her physical powers to be just a part of who she is. It's not the power itself that's a problem. It's how she came by them. And there's a lot of survivor's guilt associated with that. And also the powers that she have are kind of like wonky a little bit. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't quite know what to do with them. Well, my, my favorite thing about her in the books, uh, in Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatiss's book, 
one of the things I loved was she's kind of a B-level hero, you know? I mean, she's strong, but she's not as strong as, you know, Luke Cage. She's can jump really high, but I guess in the comics she can fly, but in our world she can never fly, but she's not, you know, Superman. She's she's powerful than most people and she has you know can heal a little bit faster and all that but she is vulnerable you know if she if you shoot her she bleeds and that's some, one of the things i love so much about her is that she's you know she's not perfect and you know there's a lot of emotional damage that she brings to it as well so uh, she's not always making the the great decisions with what to do with those powers yeah and i also love the relationships that she's you know you guys have built into the show over time you know, these different people that she relies on and also pushes away at the same time. What was it like sort of building these new characters into this world? Well, season one was very much about building Jessica's character. I mean, the show is called Jessica Jones. So that's your job. Season one is to bring the audience into her experience and get them behind her story. And so the the other characters in the ensemble, their stories are all in relation to Jessica Jones is you're earning their stories. So by the time you get to season two, you've now earned their stories. And it was one of the things I'm super excited about for season two is just the being able to go in depth with our other characters and them carrying storylines of their own that all eventually meet up. It's really being able to give such complex material to actors like Ika Darville and Rachel Taylor and Carrie Ann Moss. They're amazing actors and being able to write for them was a privilege. So obviously not spoiling anything, but is there like a scene or a moment or an experience that happens within season two that you're the most excited for fans to see? So many of them. I can't wait for them to see Janet McTeer in action. Janet McTeer, who's a twice nominated for an Academy Award, a Tony winner, Emmy winner. She's really a uh, just one of the preeminent actors of our time. And you put her and Kristen Ritter in a scene, and it is just they each elevate one another. They're really powerful. And, you know, she is slowly introduced, so she really kicks into gear. Around the middle of the season, she really comes into the fore, and you get all those just really rich scenes between her and Kristen Ritter. I'm super excited about that. Every episode has a moment I just absolutely love. Episode 7 is a really fun one small spoiler there's a music video involved Ooh, yeah <laughs> oh i'm excited for that I know. so one final question before you go we like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast or sort of do you have any advice for people that want to do what you are doing now you know uh this particularly applies to women i think coming up but anyone who would want to come into uh, this business it's an incredible job it is the dream job it's also a tough road getting there. And tenacity is essential in our line. You know, you really have to create your own reality. And, you know, there's any number of people along the way who will not be supporting you in that effort. And so you just have to pick yourself up off the floor and go back at it. We get kicked in the teeth a lot, but get up and continue doing it. That's what it takes to, yeah. to get that dream job. And get back on that horse, as they say. So Yeah. And if it's too easy, it's sort of, all right, maybe I'm not pushing hard enough. <laughs> that <laughs> could be my own neurosis. Maybe need to put another hour into the day or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. Everyone should go tune into Marvel's Jessica Jones, streaming now on Netflix. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks again to both Melissa and Kristen for joining us on the podcast. Make sure you swing over to Netflix now because Marvel's Jessica Jones season two is streaming. Also, we'll be back next week with even more Jessica Jones interviews, so make sure you stay tuned. Plus, we're gearing up for C2E2, and the Woman of Marvel is going to be coming back for its second year there. We're going to have an amazing panel of guests, including colorists and all that jazz. So if you are going to be attending C2E2, it's on Sunday at 1.30 p.m. We've been doing the Woman of Marvel for a couple of years here, which is really exciting. And as we build out all of the epic podcasts we're doing here, including this week of Marvel, we've got something new and just recently released, and that is Wolverine the Long Night, now on Stitcher. So this is our first ever scripted podcast, and it features Richard Armitage, who you guys might know from The Hobbit, as Wolverine, and we've got Scott Adsit from 30 Rock, which is amazing, but it basically follows a murder investigation through a string of mysterious deaths in Burns, Alaska. So make sure you guys swing over to Wolverine podcast.com and use the code marvel for a free month well that's it that was a packed podcast hope everyone enjoys it as always if you have questions or suggestions please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel with hashtag woman of marvel we'll see you guys next week this is marvel your universe <laughs>